Once Upon a Time is right now here at Fable City Radio with your host, Martha Whitehouse. Tonight's story is the Grimm Brothers classic, Hansel and Gretel, originally published in 1812. The Grimm Brothers owe a lot to other authors and oral storytelling traditions from the Hess region of Germany where they lived, and the story of Hansel and Gretel is no exception to that. The source for some of the ideas in the story may have been Wilhelm Grimm's future wife at the time. Her name was Gret Dorchen Wild. But Hansel and Gretel takes many elements from much earlier stories, dating back even to the year 1250. The story element where Hansel drops pebbles and crumbs to leave a trail to help find his way out of a dangerous situation can be traced as far back as the Greek myth that detailed Theseus' escape from the Minotaur's lair using a roll of thread. The Grimm brothers changed several elements of their story and made additions to their original work. I'll discuss these after the story. The part of Hansel and Gretel that I find the most interesting, perhaps, is is that it, it's an almost feminist, has an almost feminist storyline that is very unusual for the time period it was written in. The females in the story are the main originators of the action. We'll discuss that more later. For now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Hansel and Gretel. Once upon a time, a poor family lived on the edge of a deep, dark forest. Times weren't good, and the family had fallen into crippling poverty. In fact, they were starving and quickly running out of their meager supply of food. The mother and father had two children named Hansel and Gretel. They were good, loving children but hunger gnawed at them like a dog chewing on a bone, and they were very forlorn. Their father loved them dearly, but their mother, thinking always only of herself, was an entirely different story. One day, the mother said to the father, We must do something, for we will all surely starve to death if nothing changes. We must rid ourselves of these children. They are eating us out of house and home. The father tried to dissuade her, saying, They are our children. It wouldn't be right. But the mother convinced him by saying, If we do not get rid of them, we will all starve to death. Do you want to watch them starve? No? Then we must lead them deep into the forest tomorrow and tell them we are going to chop wood. We will leave them to rest, but we will not come back for them. And they will simply perish together while resting on the soft moss under the trees. The father hesitated, but in the end, he heeded the mother's hard words because he couldn't stand the thought of watching his children starve. The two parents went to sleep, but in the next room, Hansel and Gretel, who could not sleep because their stomachs ached with hunger, heard every word they had spoken. Gretel cried, What will we do, Hansel? We will die in the forest. Don't worry, said Hansel. I will take care of us tomorrow, and we will be fine. Try to get some sleep. Hansel tiptoed outside and looked on the ground. In the moonlight, he saw a small pile 
of stones, shining and white. He grabbed handfuls of the rocks and stuffed them into his pockets. Then he went inside and told Gretel about his plan. The next morning, the mother roused the brother and sister. Get up, lazy children. We are going to the forest to cut wood, and you must come with us at once. She gave each of them a piece of bread. Gretel put both pieces in her pocket because Hansel's were full of pebbles. The children followed their mother obediently out of the house, and their father was waiting outside looking very sad. The father began leading everyone into the forest. Hansel put himself last in line, and every few steps he stopped to drop one of the small white pebbles. He was moving slowly, and his father stopped and called back to him. Why are you looking back and stopping so often, son? Oh, I am just waving goodbye to my little white rabbit who is standing on the roof of our house, said Hansel. You have no rabbit, boy. Now keep up, snapped the mother. Hansel continued to drop one pebble every few feet. Finally, the family reached a small clearing deep in the forest, and the mother said, Now lie down here on the soft moss and take a nap. Don't eat your bread until later, or you'll get hungry again. We will come back for you later. After their parents had left, Gretel turned to Hansel and started crying. Now we are all alone in the forest. How can we help ourselves? Hansel embraced her and said, Don't fear, little sister. I have laid a good path. We will just rest here until it is dark, and when the moon has risen, the light will help us see the white pebbles and we can find our way back home. The two children ate their bread and slept comfortably, and when they woke up, it was nighttime. They held hands until the moon rose. Soon Hansel was able to pick out the path of pebbles shining beneath the full moon, and he and Gretel followed them straight back to the door of their parents' small cottage. When they entered, they found their father sitting at the table, crying into his hands. When he saw his children had returned, he jumped up and held both of them tightly. You have returned, my dear children. I'm so glad you found your way home. The mother heard the commotion and got up. Where have you been, you naughty children? We looked all over for you and we couldn't find you. Get in your room at once. For the next few days, the family went on as it had before. But soon the mother began pressing the father to get rid of the children so that the little food they had left would last longer. How can I get rid of my own children, cried the father. Well then, you best get started making coffins for everyone, chided the mother, because we will all be dead soon. The father recoiled and hung his head. Then he gave up arguing. I will do as you say, he said quietly. We'll take them into the forest again tomorrow. The very hungry children overheard what their parents were planning for them yet again and Gretel wept bitterly. Hansel tried to comfort her, confident that he could once again use a handful of pebbles to find his way back home. But when he tried to go outside, after his parents fell asleep, he found that his mother had locked the door and taken the key. I'll have to think of something else, thought Hansel, and he tossed and turned all night thinking about the problem. The next morning, 
The mother told them that they would have to go out to get more firewood, as they had not cut enough wood the day before. As the family prepared to leave, the mother gave each child a piece of bread, admonishing them not to eat their pieces until later in the day. As the family walked into the gloom of the forest, Hansel crumbled the bread in his pocket and carefully dropped pieces every few feet so that he could find his way home. Dropping the pieces forced him to walk slowly, and his father called out to him a second time, Why are you not keeping up? I am only waving goodbye to my little white pigeon up on the roof, said Hansel. You have no pigeon, fool, said the mother. Now keep up. Left alone in the forest for a second time, Hansel explained to Gretel what he had done. We will wait until this evening, and then we can follow the crumbs back home, he told her. But later, when Hansel tried to find the trail he left, it was nowhere to be seen, because birds had spotted the breadcrumbs and eaten them all up. Gretel cried and cried, and Hansel was very afraid, but they decided to start walking and see where it would lead them. They shared Gretel's single piece of bread, and they hoped that their steps would carry them home. Instead, they found themselves hopelessly lost in the darkest part of the forest. All at once, a big white bird took to the air in front of the children, and they decided to follow it. And finally, they emerged into a little open space. The bird alighted on the roof of a house that stood alone in the clearing. A single shaft of moonlight pierced the dark and shone down on a sight so miraculous that the children rubbed their eyes in disbelief. The house in the clearing wasn't just any house. This house was made entirely of sweet gingerbread with a roof covered in frosting and window panes made of candied sugar. The children walked right up to the house and tentatively touched the sides of the amazing building. Gretel sniffed at a luscious looking window pane. It smells good enough to eat, she exclaimed. Hansel broke off a small piece of gingerbread framing the window and put it in his mouth. It's delicious, he said, and both children started eating in earnest. Inside the house lived an old woman who was actually a very cruel witch. She had built the house as a lure for curious children because children were her favorite food. When she heard the sound of munching outside the house, she called out, Nibble, nibble, who's nibbling on my house? The children replied, there's no one here but the wind, and they went back to their eating. Before they could finish their sweet meal, the gingerbread door to the little cabin swung open, and the old woman came out on the steps. She couldn't see Hansel and Gretel very well because her eyesight was weak, but she could smell them because she had a nose like a wolf for her prey. Ah, children, sweet, pretty children, you mustn't stay out there. It is a cold night. I have plenty of food inside for you. Come now, and I will take good care of you. The grateful children followed her inside, where she sat them down to a huge feast. And when they were finished eating, she tucked them into two warm, clean beds, where exhausted, they slept like the dead. While they slept, the witch rubbed her hands in anticipation. 
These two will make a fine meal, but I must fatten the boy up so that I can eat him first. She carried the sleeping Hansel to a cage in her small barn and locked him up before he could wake. When Gretel woke up the next morning, she found that she was tied fast to the posts of her little bed. Hansel, she cried out, help me. She struggled to free herself. He can't help you, snarled the witch, for he is caught himself and caged in my barn. I need to make a meal out of him, once he is fattened to the proper size, of course. Gretel cried for mercy from the witch, but the old woman just laughed at her and said, You will serve me, child, and while you serve, I will keep you alive. I need some help around here, but the moment you disobey me, I will kill your brother before your eyes. Then I will kill you. Now cook me some food and take a big plate out to your brother in his cage. Gretel had no choice but to obey. The witch made her cook the food and take it to Hansel in the barn. When she brought it to him and pushed it through a slot in the bottom of his cage, he tried to comfort her. Don't cry, Gretel, he said. We will figure out a way to get away from that witch. But she is fattening you up, said Gretel, and when you are fat enough, she will cook you and eat you. There is something you can do for me, Gretel. When you go inside, tell the witch that you know that chicken is my favorite food and that it will be the best way to put some flesh on my poor bones. But that's what she wants, cried Gretel. Don't worry. I have a plan, said Hansel. Just bring me a whole roasted chicken, and I'll be able to slow down her plans. Gretel did as Hansel asked her. The witch agreed to let her cook one of the chickens for Hansel, and at his next feeding time, Gretel brought him the roasted bird. She left the bones with him and began a habit of bringing him big meals every day thereafter. Every few days, the witch would go out to see how fat Hansel was getting. Put your finger out through the bars, boy, so I can feel it, she commanded. Each time she asked, Hansel would stick one of the chicken bones through the bars, and the old witch, who you'll remember had terrible vision, would feel it and conclude that Hansel was still too skinny to make a proper meal. This scene was repeated over and over, and four weeks went past. That boy is just not fattening up, the witch complained to Gretel. Come tomorrow, I will cook him and eat him no matter how thin he is. I'm tired of waiting. Gretel was very afraid and could not see a way to save Hansel. The next morning, the witch told Gretel to heat up the oven in preparation for cooking him. Gretel obeyed and built a great fire in the oven. Now, dear Gretel, just crawl in that oven a bit to see if it is hot enough for cooking now. The witch's voice was sweet and kindly, but Gretel knew that when she crawled onto the oven, the witch meant to trap her in it. So instead of climbing onto the door, she said, I'm not quite sure how to do it, ma'am. You know I'm not very clever. The witch answered with a huff. You are a very stupid child. Look here. Anyone could climb up on that oven door to test the heat. Watch me to see how it's done, stupid girl. 
The witch climbed up on the door of the oven, and Gretel was ready. She gave her a great shove in the back, pushing the witch into the oven as far as she could, and she slammed the metal door shut behind her, fixing a heavy iron bar across the door to prevent her escape. The witch screamed and begged to no avail, and she burnt up in the oven. Gretel ran out to free Hansel, and they hugged each other in relief and cried tears of pure joy. They went into the witch's house to look around for food to take with them so that they could try once more to find their way back to their home. While they were looking, not only did they find enough food for a long journey, they also found the witch's cache of diamonds, rubies, and emeralds. They filled a pack for Hansel to carry on his back, and Gretel filled her apron with the precious things. They left the little gingerbread house and put it far behind them. The white bird watched all that had happened. It felt bad about inadvertently leading the two innocent children to the home of the cruel witch. She called down to them. Follow me, dear children, and this time I will not lead you astray. I will be your eyes to help you get back out of the forest and find your way to your home. Hansel and Gretel followed the bird, who led them true and straight back to their own home. Their father saw them approaching from his window and ran out to greet them, crying and gathering them into his arms. While they were gone, he explained, their mother had died of a wasting disease. She had not even been able to eat the food for which she had abandoned them. Without his children, the father had sunk into despair and he was ready to end his own life. They had arrived just in time. The children showed their father the riches they had found in the witch's house, and none in their family ever knew hunger again, and they lived happily ever after. The End I hope you enjoyed Hansel and Gretel. It's one of the Grimm brothers' most popular and often adapted stories. It has been turned into everything from stage plays to cartoons to action movies. There's even one wacky version I remember from a childhood spent watching way too many Looney Tunes cartoons where Hansel and Gretel are portrayed as overweight, greedy brats with heavy Germanic accents. Yeah, yeah, I am Hansel and I am Gretel. Gimme, gimme. You, you get the picture. They're so obnoxious that you're actually rooting for the witch by the end of the cartoon. Grimm Brothers stories were not original to them and they took source material from many people. Those stories, originally taken from the oral tradition and written down by different writers that came before the Grimm Brothers, had many subtle and not so subtle variations. Even within a single story like Hansel and Gretel, various published versions of the story created by the Grimm Brothers vary a lot from each other. In later editions of the story, the Grimm brothers changed the character of the mother to a stepmother. They probably thought that it might offend the sensibilities of people to portray a biological mother who is so cold-blooded. At this same time, they also added more Christian elements, like having Gretel offering frequent, fervent prayers to God to save herself and Hansel from their predicaments. Whatever the reason for adding the new elements, that action is in keeping with the way fairy tales evolve depending on cultural trends. One lesson of Hansel and Gretel is learning the value of keeping your wits about you when you go through trauma. Hansel comes up with a clever plan to slow down the nearsighted witch 
And that time he buys uh, gives Gretel enough courage, time for her to kind of grow her courage. So that ultimately she can make an assault on the witch. Speaking of that assault, before the story I mentioned that Hansel and Gretel had a strong feminist component. All of the actions in this story are driven by women. The mean, heartless mother sets the children on their path, while the cowering father does nothing to help them. The female witch is the one calling the shots at the tasty house in the forest, and Gretel, although she is always crying, wailing, and begging God to help her, is ultimately the one who single-handedly defeats the witch, witch by pushing her into the oven. In spite of all of Gretel's prayers, it is the children's own ingenuity and courage that saves them from certain death and brings riches to their family. Uh, I think it's interesting that the Grimm brothers added the religious elements to the story after it was already completed. Perhaps the role of the female protagonist prompted the additions. It might not have been widely acceptable to write a story where a little girl fights off a witch single-handedly without a supernatural assist. Hansel and Gretel also makes me think about the ethics of leaving a temptation in the middle of a wilderness. The whole game plan of the witch is to sit in an edible house in the middle of an uninhabited forest, hoping against all odds that little hungry children might chance by to be tempted. That sure sounds like a weak plan for trapping victims. How long was she waiting there before Hansel and Gretel started scarfing down her roof and licking her lollipop windows? Hansel and Gretel have very little choice in the matter. They're starving and they stumble upon a house made out of food. Absolutely anyone in the similar situation would start eating that house. Perhaps the story is less about people making bad decisions, like Hansel and Gretel eating the house, or their parents sending them away, than it is about being careful about the traps we lay, whether they're emotional or verbal traps or whatever, for other people. When the witch lays a trap, she thinks she'll catch something to eat, but her own prey, innocent though they might appear, turn into formidable predators themselves. Don't people sometimes lay emotional or conversational traps for other people to fall into? When they do, they often find themselves trapped in a situation they really didn't want to be in. Maybe we shouldn't be trying to catch something that's ultimately too dangerous for us and smarter than we are. And maybe we shouldn't create a trap that's irresistible to people with problems or we may not like what we catch. That's all I have for now. And remember, don't eat any houses that aren't yours. And I'll see you the next time in Fable City Radio.